Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christ Church of Orinoco. Our hope is that it would help you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. So, I uh, hope you met some new friends out there. And uh, I have invited some of my friends to the stage. We make up the impact team. I want to give them a moment uh, to introduce themselves. So starting down there at the end, can you tell us a little about, about who you are and what you do here at Christchurch? My name is Allison Stump, and my husband Aiden and I have five kids. We've been part of this church for about 13 years now. And about two years ago, I came on staff to help with the Right Here, Right Now ministry, and that's what I do every week. Love it. I'm Maggie Shade. I get to be the community impact minister here at Christ Church. I've been in that role for about 11 years. And my husband Isaac and I have two kids. Our son Pax is five, and our daughter Poppy is two. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Maggie and Allison um, lead some of our local impact efforts, and they're going to get to share a lot today about being involved in the impact ministry here. So I said this is a capstone to Micah chapter 6, verse 8. There's not going to be a whole lot of teaching from Scripture today. This is going to be very practical, uh, things that you can put into action. Uh, Two big ways today that we're going to share that you can be involved in the impact ministry. This is coming after three weeks of spending time in Micah chapter 6, verse 8. If this is your first time in the room for a while, I would encourage you to go to our website, cco.church, and uh, find the sermons that are there that Marcus preached on acting justly, loving mercy, and walking humbly. And they will be helpful for you uh, to go back and listen to understand this conversation even more. I will give a brief recap. Uh, Micah was written, he wrote after the time of the uh, Exodus when the Israelites were Uh, came out of Egypt and they were becoming the people of God and they were wondering how could we ever pay God back for what he has done? Sacrifices, riches, what can we give God? And God says no. And through the prophet Micah, he says, this is what you should do. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. In the New Testament, Jesus would echo a similar statement saying, uh, what's the greatest commandment? Love God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. And today we're talking the practical implications of these commands. I want to give you a brief history of the impact ministry. Several years ago, a group of leaders got into a room together and, and talked and prayed and conversed about what God would have this church to do uh, to make an impact on our community and around the world. And they came away with four areas of focus. The first of which, in no particular order, uh, is church planting. We want to be a church that plants churches. And this ex- has expressed itself in church plants like Ciudad de Gracia in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Our high school students were there uh, last week serving with Ciudad. It's also expressed itself through uh, a ministry partnership with Central India Christian Mission. You remember Ajay Law popping up on video a few weeks ago sharing about the uh, COVID relief efforts there. They have literally planted thousands of churches uh, in India. Too many to count or to recall this morning on stage. Uh, Also ministry partnerships like Mustard Seed Network in Japan. They've planted six uh, gospel-centered churches in Japan, and they're hoping to plant six more by 2025. Second area of focus is unreached people. Last week, Todd Owen was up here on stage and he read Micah 6.8 in the language of Samaragaria, uh, which is the language of the tribal group that he and his family have been working to translate the New Testament in. Another ministry uh, partnership was a couple of weeks ago, the Rogers family. You saw Mrs. Rogers up here on stage, and they're working through Kingdom Business in Southeast Asia. We have to be a little bit discreet about the work that they are doing, uh, but they're working to make disciples uh, in Southeast Asia. 
Third area of focus is next generation. You heard about Campus Christians at Pitt State. That's one of our local partnerships there. Uh, we also have a partnership with Cooks and Hills Ministry, which is a ministry to kids who are at risk and uh, provides for them a, a safe and healthy home environment, a safe and healthy school environment, and therapy uh, as needed. Has anybody in the room ever been to or sent kids to Maranatha Bible Camp before? Uh, it's our camp where our kindergartners through sixth graders go in the summer. We partner with them. Has anybody ever sent kids to CIY Mix or CIY Move or been there yourself? Okay, yeah. So we have a ministry partnership with them. Our seventh uh, through twelfth graders go to CIY events in the summer. Fourth area of focus for the impact ministry is mercy efforts. And this has expressed itself in international partnerships like in Matamoros, Mexico, a ministry partner called Con Mis Manos, which means with my hands. It's a ministry to kids who uh, live there in the border town and uh, are deaf and they are in need of uh, teaching and school and all of that. And our ministry partners at Con Mis Manos provide that very thing. Another uh, mercy partnership would be with Black Box International. They uh, provide aftercare. Uh, for boys who have been sex trafficked and uh, provide rehabilitation uh, for them. It's a great ministry and we are, we are proud and humbled to be partnered with all of these ministries. The area of mercy, that focus, um, has also expressed itself in local partnerships. And Maggie oversees a lot of our partnerships with our local impact partners. And so Maggie, would you share a little bit about uh, how mercy has expressed itself here locally? Yeah, when we look at this impact initiative of mercy, we see God calling us as the local church to live lives of compassion, to live lives that fight for justice, um, to work with those who are marginalized or oppressed or just simply outmatched by the weight of their situation. And we have some partners that do that. And when we started the Community Impact Ministry, um, we were encouraged to ask the question, what are the bad news stories of your community and how is God calling your church to be the good news solution to those, to bring Jesus into those? And so we just started identifying what are the bad news stories of this community, of the four states area, of the Joplin area, and we identified things like poverty, people that are living below the poverty line, they can't make ends meet, or people that are just experiencing a financial crisis due to a job loss or a house fire or a medical emergency, things like that. Um, we identified homelessness, those who do not have homes that are living on the streets or um, in a shelter or couch surfing, things like that. Um, looking at foster care the number of kids in our area um, that are removed from their homes and are currently in foster care for a certain amount of time. Also, human trafficking. You know, I get asked a lot, is human trafficking actually something that happens in our area? And I can guarantee you that it is. It might not look exactly like what we see in the movies or internationally, but um, it is alive and well in our community. And so we were looking at all of these bad news stories, and we um, are so thankful that we have three partners that exemplify mercy in the work that they do. And the thing I really love about these partners is that they don't simply seek to do um, the ministry of mercy on their own, but all of their goals is to partner with the local church to do that. Um, they are experts in their fields, but they do not want to do that work apart from the local church because they know that God has established the local church to be the cornerstone of communities. And so we're really thankful for that. Um, our first local impact partner of Mercy is Fostering Hope. You've probably heard us talk about them. Um, this is an organization that works with the local foster care system, foster families, kids in foster care, agency workers, the biological families of kids in care, providing um, support and encouragement, programs, events, all kinds of things for everyone involved in that. 
Ness's Water Gardens, a gospel rescue mission. It's located in Joplin. They, um, their whole purpose is to empower and enable the local church to work with those who are poor or experiencing homelessness through different programs and a shelter, a couple of shelters that they have. Um, we're super thankful for them. And then our last one is Life Choices, which is a sexual health clinic located in Joplin. Um, they have a couple different locations and um, they work with families who are experiencing a sexual health crisis, whether that is an unplanned pregnancy or an STI or a situation of trafficking or exploitation. They um, provide medical care and resources and, and really just want to rally around families as they make those choices for their family. So I know that that was a really fast overview of a lot of our impact partnerships. And if you got a little bit lost, what you can do is go to cco.church backslash impact. And at that webpage, we have all of our areas of focus and also all of our ministry partnerships that we have with different ministries here locally and around the world. So I'd encourage you to go and check that out. Today, though, we're going to now start our conversation about the two ways uh, that everybody here in the room can be involved in ministries here at Christ Church. Uh, the first of which is right here, right now. You've probably heard us uh, talk a little bit about this. It's been around for a little over a decade now, and it's an awesome ministry. Maggie was actually on the team that started uh, right here, right now. And so, Maggie, would you share a little bit about the history and the purpose of the right here, right now ministry? Yeah, about 11 or 12 years ago, the leadership of Christ Church um, asked the question, if we were, as a church, if we were to close our doors tomorrow, would anyone in the community outside the four walls of this building really feel a difference? Would they notice that we were gone? Um, that's a pretty eye-opening question to ask. And so the leadership, as they were answering that, decided, you know, we want to step into a lot of these stories, into a lot of these families, and be um, a resource for for them when they are experiencing a financial crisis. And so the goal was really to be intentional with this, to not just simply um, offer handouts or a check or something like that, but how can we as a church really step into those stories, offer that financial support, but also offer so much more than that to, if it's families that's already a believer, to encourage them. Um, and then families who maybe don't know Jesus, to, along with that gift, say, we want to show you who Jesus is, and we want you to know that we as a church love you, and Jesus loves you as well. Absolutely. So this is a ministry, uh, like I said, that everybody can get involved in. Allison oversees this ministry right now, and she does a great job. Uh, so she knows it uh, in depth. She does this day to day. Allison, for everybody here in the room who would like to be involved with this ministry, uh, how can they be a part of right here, right now? Sure, there's a few ways you can get involved. And I think the first one, if you've been here for any amount of time, you're going to recognize this step. Um, it's giving $1 per person in your family above and beyond your tithe every week. And then we collect those, and that's what constitutes the Right Here, Right Now fund. Um, what those dollars do are answer the questions um, if we can help and how we can help whenever requests come in. So without those dollars, Right Here, Right Now wouldn't exist. So that's the foundation of it. Beyond that, um, we have other ways that you need to be the eyes and ears for right here, right now. Um, we ask that you keep an eye out for needs in your sphere of influence. So people that you come in contact with on a regular basis, your friends, your family, coworkers, neighbors, whoever it might be, just listen to what they're telling you and keep an ear out for needs. Um, a lot of times people will open up about a need without it being a direct plea for help, but it just comes out in a natural conversation with someone they know and trust. Um, and then the next thing you can do is submit a right here, right now request. And there's, you can do that for yourself. 
You can do that for someone else. Um, and there's three different ways that you can submit a request. Um, right outside these doors, there's boxes on the wall. If you want to put pen to paper and fill out a request form that way, you're welcome to do that and drop them in the box next to the green cards. Um, and then on those boxes, there's also a QR code. And you can just scan it with your phone. It'll take you directly to the form, and you can fill it out that way. Um, or if you're online, uh, go to our cco.church homepage and scroll down to the bottom, and there's a quick links section, and one of those quick links is the Right Here, Right Now form. So submitting a request um, is just asking Right Here, Right Now to consider that need. Um, and then the final way that you can help is also when you submit a request on behalf of someone is to agree to walk with that person. So you are the linchpin between right here, right now, and the person or family in need. If you submit a request on behalf of someone, I will not be contacting them directly. I will be contacting you, and you will turn around and have conversations with that person. And the reason we do that, there's two different reasons. One is there's already an established relationship. So um, trust and communication are big things when you're communicating, especially when it's something as sensitive as a need. And that's already built into the relationship that you have with them. I don't have that with them. Um, the second thing is, is that we want you to deepen your relationship with the person or family that you're asking for help for and hopefully have some gospel-centered conversations with them. So in Acts chapter 6, a group of people has been designated to care for the needs of, of the community. And this right here, right now ministry is kind of our benevolence ministry that mirrors that a little bit. Allison, and she has a team of volunteers uh, who considers all of these requests and prays for them. But it takes the whole church to be a blessing to the whole community. And that's what we want to do uh, with right here, right now, is to bless our community uh, with financial needs or physical needs. Um, and so I am asking you, this would be the biggest way you can be involved, is just be aware of the needs around you and participate in right here, right now. In a moment, I want to show you a video uh, that kind of caps right here, right now. And uh, you can use this video to share with anybody you may be talking with or explain this to your family if they would like to be involved. And this video will also be posted on our website after this weekend's services if you would like a refresher. So if you would, uh, go ahead and turn your attention to the screens and check this out. Right Here, Right Now exists to share the love and hope of Jesus by meeting financial needs of families in our local community. The process is simple, but the impact is significant. There are two ways to be involved with Right Here, Right Now, through giving and requesting. We ask every person that attends Christchurch to give $1 each week above their regular tithe for every member of their family. All $1 bills given and any money specifically earmarked will go toward right here, right now. We collect all of these dollars, add them up, and that's the amount of funds we have available to meet needs that week. We find out about these needs by asking each person that's a part of Christchurch to be mindful of those in their circle, their friends, their neighbors, co-workers, and family members, and let us know when a financial need arises. Requests can be submitted by filling out a form in the lobby or on our website. We collect all of the requests that come in throughout the week and submit them to a committee that prays over each request and makes decisions on how we can best help. Once your request is approved, you'll be able to personally deliver the gift and have a gospel conversation with that person, sharing the hope of Jesus with them in one of their most difficult times. Right Here, Right Now is so much more than dollar bills. 
It's a way for us as a church family to advance the gospel in our local community. One dollar can't do much on its own, but together we can make a significant impact for the sake of the kingdom. So Allison, we know how it works. Um, and I would love for you to share that it has worked. So I've heard you have conversations uh, with people in your office who are seeking help from Right Here, Right Now. Um, can you, do you have any stories that you could share that kind of illustrates the ministry of Right Here, Right Now and how it's been a blessing to somebody? Oh, there's a lot of stories. Um, but one that comes to mind is there's a gentleman in our church family who experienced a significant loss in his life. Um, and then a few weeks later, he had to you know, go about life's business like we all do. Um, he needed a haircut. So he went into the place that he always gets a haircut. He never asked for the same person. He just gets whoever's available. So he told me that he went in that day not really wanting to talk to anyone, still fresh in his grief. Um, but he went in and he got paired with a stylist who wanted to talk. So he sat down and she started telling him, you know, about herself. And pretty quick he realized they had a common bond, and that was the same significant loss. So he started listening further, and she mentioned that her vehicle wasn't running. Um, she's a single mom, and so she was relying on her mother to take her to and from work and take her kids to and from school and all their extracurricular activities while she tried to save up money for this repair. So he turned around and submitted a request on her behalf. And we looked at the requests that we had that week, and we looked at the funding that we had that week, and the committee decided, yes, we want to help with this. So I was able to turn around and tell him, we want to make that auto repair for her. And he was able to turn around and share that news with her and relieve her and her mom of the burden um, of having this car broken down. So he coordinated between she and I um, all the details that come into play whenever it's a car repair because you never know what you're getting into um, and did a great job. But the beautiful part of this story is that just a about, I think it was last week, he told me that he goes in every few weeks to get his hair cut, and he asks for her specifically, and he's talking to her, he's building a relationship with her, and he's still walking with her, and that's the part that I love. Yeah, so maybe on paper, right here, right now, looks, it's more, you know, meeting financial needs or physical needs, but a lot of it is relational needs that are met, and uh, people get to form a relationship with the church, they know, they know there's a community, uh, as a community, they know there's a church there that cares a lot about them, and I think that's one of the most awesome things about right here, uh, right now. I told you uh, two ways you can get involved in ministries here at Christ Church, the first of which is right here, uh, right now, and now we're going to talk about the second way. Uh, Christ Church cares a lot about uh, kids and students in our church and in our community. Uh, when I came here five years ago as a youth pastor, one of the things that drew me here was the, was the care and love for students and the importance of student ministry. And we, as evidenced by a great student ministry staff and, and two awesome student ministry centers, as well as a great kids ministry staff and an amazing remodel that we had uh, a little over a year ago in the kids ministry space that features a slide that was built for kids, but I see adults going down it all the time, all right? So we, we reap the benefit of that as well as adults in a great uh, early childhood area and staff as well. All three of us have uh, kids of our own in the early childhood ministry. I know we are all grateful as are many uh, of you. But it's not just kids here in our church that we care about. We care about all the kids in, in our community. 
And for a number of years now, uh, that care has expressed itself in foster care and adoption. And this church has a huge heart uh, for it. A lot of families have uh, fostered and or adopted uh, children into their families. And a lot of people in this church have cared for, for parents and foster parents and the children in those situations as well. And a little over a year ago, uh, conversations were had about another way we could bless uh, people involved in the foster care system. And uh, if you would, go ahead and turn your attention to the screens and check out this video. Christchurch has always been deeply invested in the foster care community. It's just a part of who we are. We've always had programs and events and resources for kids in foster care and foster families. But within the last couple of years, God has really been opening our eyes to a missing piece of the foster care puzzle. We realized that we were ignoring a huge part of that, the biological families of kids in foster care. We started opening our eyes to opportunities and ways that we could engage with them and partner with them in the journey of getting their kids back. This is when we started the Family Connection Program. Most kids in foster care get a two-hour visit every week with their biological family. These visits are huge. This is a time for families to connect with each other, to catch up, to share a meal, to play together, to cuddle together. They're so significant. But there's a lot of hurdles that come with these visits. Who is going to supervise them? Where are they going to be held? It has to be a place that isn't dependent on weather, that doesn't cost a lot of money, that is safe and secure. This is when we started to realize that the local church is the perfect answer for these visits. Every week, we host these visits here in our children's ministry area. We train volunteers to serve as the supervisors, and we provide a space that has toys and games that is completely safe, secure, and child-friendly for families to connect with each other. Foster care can be very messy. It can be very complicated. But we believe that the local church is uniquely equipped to step into these stories. Thank you for partnering with us. Okay, so Maggie, I love what you said there at the very end, that the local church is uniquely equipped uh, to care for families in the foster care uh, world. And I appreciate the work you've been doing the, the, that your team has been doing in this area. Can you share a little bit about um, what this looks like and how people can be involved in this? Yeah, so really the goal of this ministry is to partner with biological families in their journey to get their kids back. Now, we, all of us in this room know that there are situations where a child is removed that it is not, um, it's not safe, it's not possible, or it's not in the best interest of the child for them to go home. And that is where we see the beautiful, redemptive work of adoption that God does. But there are also a number of situations where it is best, it is going to be safe for kids to go home to their biological families, the families that the Lord placed them in. And so there are a number of reasons why a family maybe doesn't have the tools they need to, um, to make those choices to have their kids with them. Maybe, maybe they were raised in the foster care system. Maybe they don't have a support network or a safety net of people around them. Maybe they don't have people that are walking with them um, through an addiction or something like that. And what they need is simply tools to help them get those kids back, simply people to come around them and rally around them 
and say, we're in your corner. We want to do this with you. And that's really um, the goal of this ministry, that in those situations where it is best for those kids to go home, for us as a church to be able to step into those stories and say, we're going we're gonna to be in this with you. We're going to do this with you. Yeah, so these are, these are almost always tough situations. I mean, it's families being separated for a time and then people stepping in to help these families. Um, how, has, how has this been a blessing uh, in these tough times? Do you have stories that you could share about this? Absolutely. I mean, we have seen with these visits, I feel like we see the best of the best and we see the worst of the world. So, you know, yeah. foster care is complicated and it is messy. Um, it's also beautiful in ways. And so we see some really great moments. We see these moments where we have a, a foster family in our church that um, have have visits here with a, a little boy that's in their home. And I just got to watch this relationship form between this foster mom and this bio mom and, and just this really untraditional unique relationship that they share. These two moms just really loving for and caring for this child and wanting what's best for him. And, and the foster mom just really believing in the bio mom and, and trying to help her on this journey and, and just what all of that looks like. And um, we had a, a visit a couple of months ago where a mom, a bio mom came to me and said, hey, I have not been able to cook my kid dinner in a long time. And I just want to do that. I just want to make a meal for my child. Can I do that? And we said, absolutely, we will make that happen. And so at her visit the next week, she brought all the food and ingredients and we got her set up in our kitchen and she made dinner for her son, something that, you know, you don't think about as a big deal, but she got to do that. And she made dinner for all the volunteers too, which was pretty awesome. So that was a good day. Um, so it's these really, you know, beautiful, incredible moments like that. And as you can imagine, though, it, those are all matched with some really heartbreaking ones, you know. Um, we have times from, you know, time to time where a parent won't show up for a visit, and that is extremely difficult. You know, we are Christchurch volunteers, and people are sitting with that child um, and just helping them process those feelings of, of loss and not knowing what to do, these young kids feeling, um, you know, all the weight of that. And so us being able to sit with them and they're crying and we're crying, we're all crying in that moment. Um, we had a situation just last week where because of um, a change in, in the case, the son was being moved out of state and their last visit before he moved was here last Tuesday night. And so we, we watched here in our kids club area, a mom saying goodbye to her son and they did not know, they still don't know the next time that they will see each other. And that was an incredibly heartbreaking and difficult moment. And I remember sitting there and just thinking, this is not right. This is, this is not the way that it was supposed to be. This is not the way it's designed to be. But I, I thought in that moment, you know, this could, this moment could have taken place in a park or it could have taken place in a, a center block meeting room at DFS, but it didn't. It's, it's taking place here in, in our home with our family, with people around this mom that can say, yes, this is, this is the worst moment of your life, but we are here and we are with you and we want to journey with you through whatever's next. Yeah. 
What Maggie's talking about reminds me of what the psalmist writes in Psalm 68, where he says, God sets the lonely in families. And uh, my hope and my prayer, and I'm grateful for Maggie and the ministry that she's leading in this area, is that God would use our house here and our family uh, here, that we would be a blessing, not just to the children in foster care, but also to the parents um, who have been separated from their child uh, for a time, and that they would find hope and healing in our community, and they would become a part of our family as well. And this ministry is providing such an opportunity uh, for that to happen. And uh, I would hope that you would uh, consider being a part of that ministry. And uh, we talked about this is, this is a morning to figure out ways that you can be involved in uh, our vernacular, you know, you, making an impact in our community and around the world. And uh, they gave us one Sunday to talk about it from stage, and we took two more. And so it's not going to be from this stage, but uh, over the next two Sundays, we're going to have some classes at 1045 in the Adult Ministry Center just down the hallway uh, to talk about these things and how you can be involved in and uh, Allison's going to share a little bit about the first class that's happening next Sunday. So Allison, would you chat a little bit about that? Sure. Um, if you're like me, maybe you've been in a situation where you weren't sure how to help, whether it's pulling up to a stop sign and someone has a cardboard sign asking for money or clothes or food um, or saying anything helps, or a friend asking you for money that you don't really know, you know what's going on with them. Um, this class is bridging the gap between feeling compassion for the poor and actually serving them in a godly way. So Nathan Mayo from True Charity Initiative will be here next Sunday, August 15th at 10.45 in the AMC to talk about the biblical foundations of true charity. Um, no pre-registration is required, so just show up. I love it. So it's that I feel the compassion in my heart, but my head doesn't know what to do to tell my hands to get into action. This class helps with principles for uh, healthy and helpful ways to, to serve other people. I love it. Maggie, um, we have a class two Sundays from now, a foster care informational meeting. So who is this for and, and what should they come to expect? Yeah, this is really for anyone that wants to be involved in the foster care system in any way. We have this quote that we say a lot that says, we don't believe everyone is called to foster, but we do believe everyone is called to care. And so whether you are, maybe foster care has been on your heart and you feel like, I don't know, maybe I need to be a foster parent. Maybe that's what's next for me. This is for you. Or if you're like, that's for sure not for me, but I would love to rally around a foster family. I would love to take meals to them. I would love to do yard work for them. I would love to babysit, provide respite care. Um, we'll be talking about that. If you want to help with these supervised visits, um, we need a lot of volunteers. Basically, we have a ton of space for these visits. We are just limited by the number of volunteers that we have. So if we have more volunteers, we can we can do more visits. Um, if you want, there's an organization called CASA, Court Appointed Special Advocates, that allows you to be um, an advocate for a child in foster care. They're going to be here. Um, really just a ton of ways. If you feel called to be involved in the foster care system in any way at all, then we're going to have information for you. That's August 22nd at 1045. All right, so you've heard about them. Put them in your calendars. I hope that uh, you will consider becoming or coming and being a part of those classes. Um, I know that a, a morning like this can uh, produce a lot of questions in your mind, and you may have questions that you want to ask. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have uh, Maggie and Allison go ahead and head out into the lobby. But would you go ahead and express your thanks to them for the good work that they do uh, in our community? I'm very grateful uh, to work with them. 
So they will be out um, near the Welcome Center. If you have any questions or, you know, uh, things that you would like to ask them, ways to be involved, any of that stuff, they would be happy uh, to talk with you. Uh, now, we told you two ways that you can be involved in the ministry here at Christ Church. Uh, but you don't have to just make an impact in the way that we say you should make an impact through uh, right here, right now, or foster care. We just want people to take seriously what Micah writes, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with God. We have another resource available to you uh, in the lobby. It's actually a book, and it's called The Art of Neighboring. Uh, I have read this book, and it's been incredibly helpful to me in considering the needs and the relationships of, of me and my neighbors and how I can uh, love them like Jesus has called me to. That book is available uh, right there in the lobby for $10 this morning. You can pick it up and I hope that you, uh, hope that you will. Um, I'm very grateful to be a part of this church. This church for a long time has cared for its community and uh, my hope and my prayer is that God would allow us to continue to do that in a multitude of ways. Uh, so let's end our time this morning by quoting Micah chapter 6 verse 8. This verse we've been studying uh, for four weeks. If you would, go ahead and stand where you are and quote this verse with me as it appears on the screen. And I know how people can get in moments like this. You get quiet. Not today. We're a church that wants to be a blessing to our community. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Uh, so let's quote this verse together. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. Micah chapter 6, verse 8. Thank you so much, church, for being a blessing to this community. We will see you next week. You are dismissed. Thanks again for checking out this podcast. We hope this teaching helped you to discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. For more resources or to learn about Christ Church in general, visit us online at cco.church.